the rivalry is back on. 1% better every day and 1-0. and Brissett is the quarterback lined up behind center, takes a snap, going for a home run deep downfield, looking for T.Y. Hilton. Hilton makes the catch. He's in the 10, 5, stumbles in the end zone, touchdown. Colts coming with pressure off the edge. Kenny Moore gets to Deshaun Watson. That's a sack for Kenny Moore. Kenny has a pick and now a sack in the game. The horseshoe is back, baby. The horseshoe is back. Hello and welcome back to the Cody Fogger Podcast. As always, Derek Larger joining me. Derek, well, the obviously a lot has happened in the last couple days. A lot of emotions are flying. But in the wake of that, the Colts played a preseason game. The Colts played a preseason game. They faced the Bears. Um, the Colts fall 27-17. to 17. Like we said on this podcast many times, the final score does not matter, so who cares? Uh, but we had a few takeaways from this. Uh, and I'll start here, Derek, with some players who stood out to me who I think we thought would probably have some pretty strong games, we thought should probably have another strong game. Um, they really did, and I'll start with a guy that we've been really high on, uh, and that's Deion Kane. And, and Kane, again, he had a strong performance a couple weeks ago against the Browns. I think he had about 80 yards receiving, and he followed it up with another strong game, three receptions, 74 yards, and a touchdown, With which uh, if you haven't seen this touchdown – it's absolutely amazing. He makes two defenders miss, and, you know, it, he initially, he shouldn't have a touchdown, but with how athletically gifted Deion Kane is, he's able to make those defenders miss. Um, and he scores a touchdown and just shows off his ability. Yes, he showed off his ability in the long game, and now he showed it off in the short game and making defenders miss in space. Uh, so that's encouraging to see from Deion Kane. Derek, what have you loved to see from Kane's game now in 2019? Well, the one thing that I definitely loved and what I saw from the uh, touchdown catch that he had was when he made that spin move and then planted his foot in the ground and then took off, that told me right there and then that Deion Kane was was mentally there. I think that move especially put him over the top. I think it gave him the sense of, I am good. I am ready to go with this because now I don't have to worry about my ACL uh, breaking apart on me. And again, it, it was another great day. I, I really uh, enjoyed seeing Dion Kane work the way he did. I told everyone in the podcast earlier in the week that I was looking at Dion Kane to see what he could do. And he got his first touchdown of the 2019 season, which is absolutely fantastic. I think, again, this kid is going to do incredible things. I think he's going to impress a lot of people. He just continues to get open and make great plays. And it's good to finally see him making plays with his feet now. So that's another thing, because we already know he has great hands. Uh, again, it was an absolute treat to see him play the way he did. I got real excited when I watched that touchdown, because that was obviously Deion Kane's first and I think he'll remember that for the rest of his life for sure. And I, I'm just so glad that Deion Kane was able to make the best of yester of uh, Saturday night. And another guy that I thought was pretty good the other night was Chad Kelly. And obviously, we know he has been very well uh, doing very well 
during this entire preseason has taken the majority of the snaps so far in all preseason. And he has definitely played the part. He looks to be that guy that can definitely have a backup role on this roster. And I think also for as good as Chad Kelly has been, I think that it is time that we kind of slow, we got to stomp on the brakes here with Chad Kelly being the starter over Jacoby Brissett. Listen, I enjoy watching Chad Kelly play. I think he's got some great potential, but he's still a long ways from leading this team. Jacoby Brissett has been here for for two and a half years now. Jacoby Brissett has known this team from the very beginning. Chad Kelly was just brought in a couple months ago. Okay, he was brought in a couple months ago. He still hasn't proven that he's capable of throwing the ball deep yet. We've seen a couple of throws where he's made some good mid-range throws, but he hasn't aired the ball out that much recently. And so Kobe Brissett, we know, can do that. And I know Chad Kelly has his uh, great feet, but Jacoby Brissett also can run. We saw that plenty of times in 2017 when he had a couple rushing touchdowns. I think it's just time that we kind of stop a little bit and really think about what it is that we're saying when it comes to Brissett being the starter. I think he deserves it. He's been here. He knows. He's had all the first team reps. Chad Kelly hasn't had any of the first team reps. So he would take more time to gain the speed of it all. Now, whether or not he gets some of those in weeks to come, we'll see. I mean, I think uh, Frank Reich will definitely want to incorporate that a little more. But Jacoby Brissett has been the ideal guy, and ultimately that's why he's going to end up being the starter for week one and why he's going to lead this team until either he goes somewhere else or stays or and really does a great job or we decide to get someone else. In the meantime... Jacoby Brissett's going to be that guy. Yeah, and I had a few comments in defense of Jacoby Brissett. Uh, I don't know if fans and listeners to this podcast saw my post last night about Jacoby Brissett, and just the arm strength that this guy has is second to none. I mean, honestly, I would say that he, you know, even with Andrew Luck on the team, I would say Jacoby Brissett had the strongest arm on the Colts. I think he can make every throw, and I I had a video that I showed uh, that I posted yesterday where Jacoby Brissett's on the run, right? Uh, this is back in the 2017 season when Brissett was obviously starting uh, when Andrew Luck was injured. And Jacoby Brissett, this is against the 49ers, he rolls out right, fakes a handoff, rolls out right, pressures in his face, and he delivers a bomb to T.Y. Hilton way down the field and gets it. And, I mean, like, like a lot of quarterbacks can't do that. They don't have that kind of arm strength. Just to show you the kind of arm strength that Jacoby Brissett has, just go and watch that video. I I challenge you, watch that video because it's very eye-opening to see Jacoby Brissett. And, you know, I think when we think of backup quarterbacks, at least when I think of backup quarterbacks, I think of guys who are game managers. I think of guys like A.J. McCarron, uh, Alex Smith, even though he's been a starter in the league. I kind of think of players like that who don't really throw it deep, don't really take a lot of chances, and they just kind of try to manage the game. But Jacoby Brissett, while he may be a game manager a little bit in 2019, I think he definitely has potential to be a number one quarterback, and Frank Reich has even talked about how he believes in Jacoby Brissett a lot. I mean, Jacoby Brissett really has the all the tools to be a starting quarterback in this league and be a very good quarterback in this league as well. Uh, another thing that, that's very going to be interesting for me to watch with Brissett 
I'm very excited for him in this system because when you look back at that 2017 season, I mean, realistically, a lot of things were against Brissett in that 2017 season. And I know 2017 was a very painful year for most fans to watch the Colts because a lot went wrong. But within that, Jacoby Brissett, I thought all in all with what he was thrown at, I mean, heck, he was traded like right before the opener. He got some snaps in the opener, and, and then, boom, week two, he's a starting quarterback for 15 games. Uh, and so a lot of things were against Jacoby Brissett, and Andy was also in a really bland system as far as, you know, compared to Frank Reich's system, he was in a super bland system with, I believe it was Rob Chudzinski, if, if you remember that name. He was in Rob Chudzinski's really bland offensive system. Like, I made a joke earlier on in the preseason, like, man, Frank Reich's vanilla offense looks like Rob Chudzinski's, like, a regular season offense. That's how much of a difference there is there. Um, And a few more things that I wanted to point out, like, you know, along with my point of Jacoby Brissett really only had about a week to get into the Colts' offensive system— I mean, honestly, he, when you look at that 2017 team, and, and you know Chris Ballard has said this is not 2017, and he's right on the front of this team is a lot better than the 2017 Colts. This team is a lot better, and a lot better maybe not even emphasizing how much better this team is than the 2017 team. I mean, think about it for a second. Uh, Jacoby Brissett had no running game, really. You know, Marlon Mack was, he was on the team, but he wasn't even the starter. Frank Gore was the starter. No disrespect to Frank Gore, but he's not Marlon Mack in his prime. I mean, this is Frank Gore after his prime. And also, he had zero protection. I think he was the most sacked quarterback in the league that year. Well, obviously, we know from last year, Andrew Luck was one of the least sacked quarterbacks in the league. Uh, He also really didn't have very many weapons. He had T.Y. Hilton, and he had Jack Doyle, and that was it. I mean, other than that, you had no reliable weapons that he could depend on. And now, I mean, he's got Devin Funches, who I guess the jury's still out on, but he's looked pretty good in the preseason. He's got Paris Campbell, who is a really high talent, and I think the Colts are going to use him in some great ways once he starts figuring out the system a little bit more. And then you got the guy we just talked about in Deion Kane, who's really showed a lot. Oh, and by the way, you have Jack Doyle still, you have Eric Ebron, and then you have Mo Alley-Cox, who the Colts are really high on. And, you know, you have a running game for maybe the first time. And I know it's kind of been rough in the preseason, but Marlon Mack offers you something that the Colts have not had in a long time in a running back, and that's that home run potential. I mean, with Frank Gore, let's be real, you weren't going to get that. You were going to get a consistent guy who got 20 carries a game, uh, who got you three or four yards a carry. You weren't going to get a guy who breaks it for 40, 50 yards like a Marlon Mack can. And so all those factors, and I know I'm going on this long spiel about this, but I want our listeners to understand that. Like, this is not even close, not even remotely close to the 2017 season. So many things are different. So many situations are different. And I also forgot to mention, Jacoby Brissett actually has a defense, right? He didn't have a defense in 2017. The defense was awful. They didn't get to the quarterback. And now he actually has a defense. And the Colts drafted pretty much all defense this year. And so young playmakers on offense, young playmakers on defense, And so those are a few reasons why I truly believe that this 2019 season, I think Jacoby Brissett's going to surprise a lot of people. And I think that the Colts are going to be a lot better than people give them credit for, Derek. And speaking of running backs, a newly acquired Colts running back, Charkandrick West, made his preseason debut with the Colts. And he had a pretty good game, 13 carries, 43 yards. And he actually had a touchdown for the Colts. 
Trekandrick West played pretty well, I think. Derek, what are your impressions of West now after week three? Well, it was like I said, I wanted to see what he would do in week three if he got to play. Well, he got to play in the first half, and he made the best of it. He went out there, got himself a touchdown, averaged 3.3 yards carry, which is exactly what you want out of your running back. I mean, that is exactly what I hoped would happen with him, and I'm really glad that I did. And I wouldn't be shocked if that performance did leave uh, a really, really good impression for Frank Reich. I think with this team, they're still searching for that third running back guy. And I mean, if he continues to do what he's doing and if he, let's say he gets a chance to do some more uh, this upcoming week against the Bengals, uh, I, I would love to see what he could do. And if he continues to shine, he, he he's going to make this roster. And I think it'd be a great move if the Colts kept him on. It was good to see him break tackles. I know that obviously he didn't get many yards with the amount of carries, obviously, because, you know, he wasn't, he didn't have the full offensive line that he wanted and things of that nature. They didn't, obviously, they're not trying to move things around uh, as much as they would like. But given the circumstances, given what was put in front of him, he did have himself a good game, got himself a touchdown, which is always plus. It was really good to see the newly acquired running back out there showing what he can do so early and so ready for the season. Some more Colts roster news. The Colts today signed free agent safeties Micah Abernathy, I think I'm saying that right, and Jacob Thieneman, and they also waived Matthias Farley. Uh, Matthias Farley, I know he's meant a lot to the Colts organization over the past couple years. He was, I think he was brought in by Ryan Grixon as an undrafted free agent in 2016, 2017. I think it was 2016, Grixon's last year. He was brought as an undrafted free agent out of Notre Dame. And, and Chris Ballard has really just, uh, he's talked a lot about how much he loves everything about Matthias Farley, everything that he stands for. And he and Ballard uh, released a statement and said, it's been a privilege to get to know Matthias over the last two years. He was a leader for our organization on and off the field. Matthias has a passion to help others and was a pillar for our team in the Indianapolis community. We are so thankful for his contributions to the horseshoe and wish him the best moving forward. And I just wanted to talk about Matthias Farley because obviously he he had been a starter for the Colts in 2017. Now he'd been a good special teams player for the Colts. But, you know, even though this news is, it kind of stinks because you like Matthias Farley a lot. Derek, I think it's an encouraging sign. And Chris Ballard has gone on record and said this multiple times. When you have to release good players, right? Matthias Farley, I think, is a pretty good player overall. Um, but when you have to release good players and they get signed by other teams, I have no doubt Matthias Farley will find a new home soon. But when you sign player, when you when players get signed to by another team, you know that you have a good roster. And the Colts now have such a good roster on both sides that they can afford to do that. They can afford to let a Matthias Farley go, right? Because they have a good team and they believe. And honestly, I didn't think Matthias Farley was going to make this roster anyways, because let's, let's think about it. You got hooker, you got gathers, you got George Odom, who they really like. And then you also got Kari Willis who they drafted this year. So, I mean, unless you keep five safeties, which I really doubted they would, you got to cut ties with a guy like Matthias Farley as good as he's been for the Colts. Um, there's more guys with higher ceilings, Derek. So what are your thoughts on the Farley cutting? Yeah, this 
truly did come as a surprise to me. We all kind of talked about how Farley would most likely make the roster as a role player, specifically in our secondary, maybe even taking a chance at a Sam linebacker spot, you know, just something that would get him more involved because he definitely has a good eye for the ball. But it just goes to show you how in-depth this secondary group is for the Colts. They seem to have just all those guys that they really want. Now, one thing that really does stink for me is that I really wished that, you know, we could have got something for him because I think Farley would have been a great asset that we could have at least gotten something for it. I don't know if uh, if Ballard thought he could get more for Farley and didn't get it or nobody really was interested. I'm sure they probably tried to get something for him in exchange, but it does really stink that we couldn't get something out of him because I thought Farley was a really great player. It does stink. You know, you never really want to see somebody get waived, especially somebody that you really enjoy. But again, it's best for the team, and Farley has no harsh feelings towards the Colts. I mean, why would he? And it is uh, good to see that Chris Ballard is taking the initiative and showing that anyone is replaceable and on this roster, but we really enjoy everybody else. So uh, again, congratulations, Farley. Thank you for everything you've done for that. Uh, good luck to wherever it is you end up. I, I'm sure he will get picked up somewhere because Chris Ballard players always get picked up somewhere along the line. So again, yeah, as happy as I am for him, it it does stink to see him go. Yeah, absolutely. It does. It really, it does, but it should be encouraging that the Colts believe that they have guys with higher ceilings. And I think Matthias Farley probably honestly hit his ceiling where with he was at. And I think the Colts just believe that they have guys who can be better than Matthias Farley down the road. Um, and also Matthias Farley was injured last year, and so you had to factor that in. Did that impact something? Uh, who knows, obviously, but you know, that could be something you know, that, that could have impacted Farley's game. Uh, but all, all well wishes to Matthias Farley. You know, he's a great player, great teammate. He was a, really seemed like a really nice guy as well. So thank you, Matthias, for the three years that you were here with the Colts, and we only wish you the best. Okay, so I thought with that, with obviously Matthias Farley, like we just talked about, and then the Andrew Luck news, I thought it would be now good to look at, and also just with Charkandrick West being signed, kind of the updated depth chart that we have. And I'll start obviously with the quarterbacks, and we'll 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 run through this quickly because I know we've been on doing this podcast for a while now on this episode. Um, so we'll start with the quarterbacks. We'll probably just talk about the quarterbacks and safeties, honestly. Um, so we'll start with the quarterback, Jacoby Brissett, started for 2019. And then I guess the real question is, you know, Chad Kelly suspended for two games. He's played really well. You know, do you roll with Philip Walker for two games? And on the off chance, you know, hopefully it doesn't happen, but what if Jacoby Brissett gets nicked up or something and you have to roll with Philip Walker for, you know, a quarter or two quarters or something like that? Do you trust Philip Walker to be able to manage the game well enough to, to potentially win that game um, or do you go after a veteran quarterback do you look at you know on the waiver wire for maybe a veteran quarterback that gets cut near the end of the preseason or or you know how, how do you do that and then you know once he does come back once Chad Kelly does come back is he your number two I, I I would personally say yes he would be your number two with what he showed you in the preseason 
Uh, but that's, you know, that's a question that the Colts are going to have to answer in the next couple of weeks. And so, Derek, what are your thoughts on what you, what do you think, I guess, the Colts should do at their quarterback position now that Andrew Luck is no longer an Indianapolis Colt? Well, obviously, the Colts need to start Jacoby Brissett. That is the first and only thing that they need to worry about. And ultimately, you're right. It is a question of whether or not do they keep all three of these guys? Do they, uh, what do they do with it in regards to Phillip and uh, Kelly? I, I don't really know what to do here because there's there's positives and there's negatives about whatever you do. Uh, I do know that Chad Kelly is the better uh, backup at this point in time because I think we all have kind of agreed that Philip Walker's kind of overstayed his welcome at times with us. He we have he has his goods and he has his really big bads problems. I I don't know. It's kind of one of those things that I don't know what I would do at this moment. Ultimately, I'm going to entrust that the Colt staff does the best thing uh, for the team. And I believe that they will do that. And that's ultimately where I'm going to leave it because I'm just I'm torn about it. I really don't know what I would do if I were in this situation for them. On a more positive note, Colts wide receiver rookie Paris Campbell returned for the first time to practice today. Um, Campbell has really been out for a while with that ha- lingering hamstring injury. So it's good to see Paris Campbell out there. And now the Colts have all of their receivers who we think will make the roster out there. And that's important to have all your guys healthy, especially since the Colts play the Chargers in less than two weeks. And they have to be at full strength to you know play a good team like the Chargers. Um, and so with that, I think to wrap up this podcast, we want to do our final segment here on what should the expectations be for this Colts offense in 2019? What should they be um, with Jacoby Brissett at the home? And, you know, I, I know I've already mentioned a little bit about how this season, this 2019 season, is not even remotely close to the 2017 season. Uh, but, Derek, what are your thoughts? What should, what should the Colts and Colts fans expect from the Colts offense here in 2019, and why? Well, obviously, with the returning of Paris Campbell this week, it definitely is good for Jacoby Brissett and this offense. Uh, Paris Campbell's been out for four weeks, so it's really good that they can bring him back and get him incorporated into this offense so they can figure out what his best plan of action for him. And we haven't even seen any action from him yet, so it'll be interesting. It'll be almost like a Deion Kane sort of thing at this point. But ultimately, you know what you're getting. You got T.Y. Hilton, who obviously has that great connection with, uh, with obviously, with Brissett. And then Devin Funches coming in. Jacoby Brissett in the first couple games had a couple good throws to Funches. Funches getting involved everywhere. Dion Kane has been a workhorse over the last two weeks, getting multiple throws in multiple different locations and a bunch of different packages. And now you got Paris Campbell, who can do just so many different things with his feet. I can't wait to see what Frank Reich has. Because again, Frank Reich was so high on this kid when they got him. They were He was so happy. And I can't wait to see what he brings uh, to the table with this. And then, obviously, we have a couple other guys that, you know, are going to fill in the last few spots. But I think you will see just a so much better offensive system this year. Not necessarily just in production, but I'm talking about just in a sense that this year, the abundance of weapons is going to be so vast that it, it will be difficult for me to see who will actually do well. I will say this just for like, if anybody watches this thing for any kind of fantasy, I don't know why you would, but 
anyone that does like have any kind of fantasy going on. If you're thinking of drafting any Colts wide receivers, honestly, you might not want to do that because the reason I say it is just because there are so many different options for this Colts team to have. Not one guy is going to dominate over the other. Obviously, if you're going to draft late, obviously there's a couple of options in there for you, but I'm talking about just top tier guys because they're the ball's going to get distributed so much, including now, now that Jacoby Brissett's going to be in, uh running the offense, he's going to have to learn to distribute this ball to so many different targets. And just with the, with the talent that is here, just as what you can see right now, this this offense is going to be really special. I still think Jacoby Brissett can get the four thousand around four thousand yards. Can get you know in the upper uh, can probably get into the thirty touchdown area. No questions about it because this offense just has so many weapons, so many good guys to use, and I, I can't wait to see what this offense can do. Yeah, and honestly, you know it. Even if Jacoby Brissett doesn't have those numbers that you just said, Derek. And if he's just like a game manager, I think, honestly, the Colts offense is going to be fine simply because I think they have a running game now. They can be more of a balanced attack, whereas in Andrew Luck's career, they were really just a pass-first offense. I mean, heck, he didn't have a 100-yard rusher till what, like three or four years into his career? And now the Colts had, I think, the most 100-yard rushers um, in Andrew Luck's career in, like, one season. More, I think, I think it was, like, Four or five they had in 2018, and that was more than Andrew Luck had ever had in his entire career, which is absolutely crazy to me to think that the Colts could not run the football at all in Andrew Luck's career. And now the Colts actually have a good slew of running backs in Marlon Mack, Naheem Hines, and of course, whoever you know is that number three and potentially number four running back, which we'll talk about in a later podcast probably. And, uh, and yeah, even if you know the Colts don't put up those gaudy numbers like we thought they might, um, which I still think they have a good chance to with all the weapons, like you mentioned, that, that Jacoby Brissett has in his arsenal and with Frank Reich running the offense. So it'll be very cool to see Jacoby Brissett now um, in a lot more ideal situation in the system now, understands the ins and outs of Frank Reich's offense. And yeah, I'm excited. I'm cautiously optimistic. That's Those are the words I'm going to use for the Colts 2019 season. Obviously, I'm not as excited as I would be if Andrew Luck was in the helm, but I'm still excited because I still think that Frank Reich is going to use his players well. I think he's going to, he's, we've talked about it on multiple podcasts, Frank Reich puts his players in the best position to be successful, and I think he will continue to do that in 2019. So thank you guys for listening to the podcast. Be sure to like, subscribe, leave a comment. We always love interacting with you. And also be sure to follow us on Twitter. Be sure to follow myself at CPFelger55. Be sure to follow Derek at Derek underscore larger. And then also be sure to follow our podcast at Cody Felger Pod for the greatest Colts news out there, in my opinion, and hopefully in Derek's opinion as well. So thank you guys again. We appreciate it so much. And go Colts. Thank you.